This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host Chris Simpson and joining me as always is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello. And we're joining you after Newcastle's 3-0 defeat to Chelsea. I'm um, not going to lie, that was a generous scoreline. We were not good. Yeah, generous to you. I mean, that could have very easily been at least six. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't good. Not obviously being able to watch the game. It seemed quite encouraging for the first hour that we kept it at nil-nil. Chelsea didn't even have a shot on target in the first half. That all seemed quite encouraging, but really, really, they could have had several goals in that time. Oh yeah, basically, when you when you watch the highlights, I mean, they broke through your defence what four times, and unfortunately for them, they didn't didn't get anything out of it. There was some there was some good shots. There was some very blatant misses and offside but it just seemed too easy for them just every time so yeah not not much has changed so far has it since we got rid of Steve Bruce so don't get me wrong that needed to happen yeah but I think we need a new manager in don't we because as I said well, not much has out. changed you need someone to sort them out because they, they all need the heads bashing together at this point because there's just no there's no real like tactics. There's no team. There's no nothing. You've just got eleven people standing around on a pitch. Yeah, I mean, as was the case with Steve Bruce, it seems like there isn't really that much of a plan. It seems that the extent of the plan, such as there is one, is just we're going to completely sit back. And I know, I know it's Chelsea. I know they're a great team, and I know they're having a good season, and they're definitely a title contender. So I'm not saying we're going to go out and dominate them on the ball, but it just, it, regardless of who we play, it seems like the plan is always sit back and then just try and kick it up to San Maximan and see if he can run it up the pitch for us. And because just, he's our only not, player who can advance the play. Yeah, but it's just, it's just not good enough, is it? Again and again and again, I've seen this been absolutely no changes. Lazy football. And, you know, Newcastle aren't the only ones to fall down this trap, especially this season. There's quite a few teams who, who do similar things. Um, unfortunately, they a lot of those teams actually have either the players or some form of tactic in mind when they're just smashing up the pitch and they have something to back it up with. It doesn't always work out, but at the moment we're just seeing Newcastle smash it up the pitch with absolutely no frigging idea of what's going to happen. <laughs> As I say, it, it's just hoping Sam Maximan does something. It's like he's a phenomenal player, but I mean, if, if that's your only hope. You can't carry a team. So. You, you're not going to win football matches, and we haven't been. Um, I, mean, I mean, like you had one shot on target in the 84th minute. Yeah. No corners and 21% of the possession. Now, again, that possession stat we've seen in, in recent the last couple of seasons can, can be neither here nor there. doesn't necessarily tell you how the game's going, but no corners and one shot on target. At home. Again, I know, yeah. I know it's Chelsea. That's poor. that's very poor. It's poor, and, and I feel I feel sorry for all the Newcastle fans who are actually there because obviously her numbers must have gone up. I say must have. 
I'm pretty certain the numbers have definitely gone up with the amount of people turning up now, especially that Ashley's gone. Fans feel like they've got what they wanted, trying to celebrate with new owners, and got nothing in return. Yes, I know it's far too early um, for any real improvement to be seen because there's no transfer window. Obviously, you've lost your manager, but there's nothing, is there? There's no, there's no suggestion of of who's going to be the new manager. Obviously, as of recording today, Conte's just gone to Tottenham. Um, yeah, I mean, he was never going to come. But no, I never said he was. Rumor, but the I mean, they have... at the moment is in our memory. I'm not going to discuss too much like my thoughts on what that would be until anything is confirmed, because I think until then, that's why we don't tend to talk about rumours and these things. So if if Emery is confirmed or anyone else by next week's pod, obviously we'll talk about it properly then. But whoever it is, we need to get a coach in the door ASAP. Yeah, because hanging around like this is just going to mean it's going to be even harder for Newcastle to survive. And, and it, it is already at that point now of survival because your December games... And, Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> we're, 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 there's no no bones about it. We're in serious trouble. I mean, the collapse that we had against Chelsea, as I say, we kept it at nil nil. Now, not for lack of trying on Hakim Ziyech's part. I know. I actually feel bad for him. I feel like he's deserved a, a, a goal, really. But uh, but then you know, Reese James scores with that you know emphatic finish. Both times, yeah. No, they were great. Bo- both great strikes. Mm-hmm. It must be said. And, of course, the penalty from Georgini, all, all in the space of 16 minutes in the second half. Exactly, and that penalty was, was fair. It definitely, yeah, no definitely deserved to have a penalty against Newcastle. Just for those people who think, or oh, maybe, maybe not, they went down so easy. No, there was quite a fair amount of contact. I've seen a lot less and a lot uh, and a lot more given. So, yeah, it definitely a penalty. But, um, I mean... <laughs> again, not that I was expecting us to win this uh, in in this game, obviously, you know, against Chelsea, but that's now again ten games now without a win. Uh, it's only the third time in our history that we've not won in the first ten games. Uh, that follows uh, ni- eighteen ninety eight ninety nine and twenty eighteen nineteen. Now, of course, in the latter, I can't really tell you much about the former. I have to say, listeners, in the latter, we did still manage to stay up, uh, but that was because we had. Rafa Benitez, and he was able to turn things around because the man knows how to organise the defence first and foremost. And that, more than anything, is is probably going to be uh, the first thing on the agenda for whoever the new coach is. Because until we stop conceding constantly, I mean, again, we've not had a clean sheet this season either. Until we stop conceding all these goals, we're really going to struggle. Obviously, we, we need to improve everywhere on the pitch, of course. But we know that we at least can get goals with Wilson and San Maximan and Willock and Almiron. But, but if you, if our defence has been shocking. And your midfield isn't exactly great apart from if you are two or three. Do you know what I mean? Those three cannot be the only source. They need to be fed from the back and the back needs to be capable of stopping any any um, sorry opposition strikers coming through. I mean, you've played teams now in the 18th, 16th, 15th, 14th and 13th position and failed to win every single one of them. It's worrying. That's <laughs> Yeah. If you can't beat the, those teams, the, those teams around you in the bottom half, again, I know obviously this doesn't apply to Chelsea, but if you can't beat them, how are you going to stay up? Where are the points going to come from? Because... I mean, you've got four points. Six from safety now. 
And I'm not seeing where those six are going to come from. I can't, at the moment, I can't even see six teams that you're likely to draw against. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the the other teams now are starting to pull away from Newcastle and Norwich, and we are lucky that Norwich have been as bad as they have been, because otherwise we would be bottom. On your own as well, because if Norwich had anything about them, then... They'd be, you know, they'd, as they'd well. be easily six points away. I mean, they say easily it's two games won. Most teams would have won two games at this point. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, we, we were lucky that everyone stayed around us as long as they did because obviously until uh, the last couple of weeks, we were actually one of five teams that still haven't won. So we were quite fortunate in that sense that there was this weird start sort of collectively for quite a few teams. But now that they're starting to get back to normal and starting to pick up wins, we are going to get quickly left behind. Yeah, yeah. Um, So in the news, obviously, um, former Newcastle midfielder Kieran Dyer, who's now the uh, under-23 manager for Ipswich, has unfortunately had to go under, but he's now forecast so for a liver transplant after being uh, diagnosed with primary I can't even say this, scoriosing, whatever the big posh Latin word is. I think it is. It, I think I'm pretty certain it's a genetic liver disease. So, yeah. uh, something about blocking the the, the, the the bile ducts in the liver. I'm sure you can easily find this. Chris will tell you what the actual word is in a minute. Um, but yeah, it is something that obviously is, is untreatable. They can be managed, but obviously after a certain point, it requires a liver transplant. So um, all of our best wishes go out to Kieran. Yeah, this is... Um... As you said, he's been diagnosed with primary sclerosing polyngitis. I hope I've said that correctly. Um, I, yeah, just wanted to give a shout out. Get well, Kieran Dyer. He was the first Newcastle player whose name I had on the back of a shirt. Hmm. Um, I think he left straight after I got it for West Ham, which uh, <laughs> says a lot about my look. Um, but yeah, just just. Not really much more to say other than, you know, get well soon. Good luck with the transplant. Hope it all goes well for him. And and hopefully that that puts his issue to bed. Yeah, I, I do believe it's something that he's been managing for a couple of years. And it, I think it's one of those things that it's expected at a certain point you are going to need a liver transplant. So, I mean, touch wood, it must have all been planned and everything should go fairly smoothly for him. And then in other, in other news this week, um, well, I think we, we may have mentioned it, uh, I suspect, when the takeover happened. Amnesty International, who were calling on the Premier League, they wanted to meet with them to discuss a uh, revised human rights compliant owners and directors tests. Um, because, you know, because countries like Saudi them. Arabia shouldn't be allowed to run football clubs, uh, being perfectly honest. The Premier League have actually now agreed to sit down and and have a chat with them. Will happen. Who, who knows if anything will come of it I think there's a good chance probably nothing will but it's at least good that they're coming to the table and they're going to sit down with Amnesty maybe Amnesty International can talk some sense into them I suspect not unless they bring them a big bag of money yeah, <laughs> but my scepticism screams that that's not that's going to happen Britain Newcastle yeah so now we look forward I say I I Look forward is doing a lot of heavy lifting here um, <laughs> to Brighton against Newcastle next Saturday evening. And then your next game after that, so the next five, obviously, including Brighton, is Brighton, Brentford. Both Brighton and Brentford are having excellent seasons. 
Arsenal have picked up dramatically and actually looking like a pretty decent side. Norwich and Burnley. So they're they're the two teams around us. But, yeah, we need to get some wins on the board, as we've said before. Multiple times, I believe. (laughs) Yeah, because we've got that very difficult Christmas coming up with Leicester and Liverpool and City and United. I wouldn't be too worried about us winning any traffic. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you can't beat us, you don't even deserve to be in the league right now. And yeah, I'm I'm worried about Brighton. I have to say, they've had a very good start this season. They've already got 16 points. Yeah, that's a very whole 12 more points than us at this stage. Yeah. This is Brighton, who before the start of the season you would have maybe looked at as a team and thinking eh, we're probably going to be competing in the bottom half with you. They're already 12 points clear of us. Yeah, they played they're in eighth well. place. And their last match, was it their last match? They drew 2 2. It was their last match. 2 2 with, with Liverpool. At Anfield as well. Yeah, I think they're the only team that Liverpool haven't got the three points from at home. It's this season, anyway. So, yeah, they're pretty decent opponents, I have to say. And they've shown that they're A, capable of defending and B, capable of scoring. So. Yeah, it's it's going to be a really tough one. I think the, the one shred of hope that we can have, and it is a shred, <laughs> is that they haven't, although they have got off to a really good start this season, they haven't actually won since the 19th of September. In the five games since then, they've drawn four and lost the other. But again, that that's is... Still, that is a still sh- the same number of points that you have in five games. Exactly. That <laughs> is st- that's why it's still just a shred. And again, coming back from 2-0 down to draw with Liverpool... Is excellent. So exactly, it might not be a win, but it would have felt like one. Yeah, exactly, and they'll be riding that high, and it's not exactly the position that Newcastle want to be in with them being their next game, because you can one hundred percent bet that Brighton now feel that they are going to win this match because they've just drawn against Liverpool, and more importantly, they have actually a really good record against Newcastle, which is one of the you other. You know, reasons. when you say this, is there a time at a team that doesn't have a really good record against Newcastle, <sighs> considering? We used couple. to be good, damn it. <laughs> I mean, you got, it's so far back now because it was so old that that historical nature <laughs> of Newcastle no longer really counts in the statistics, Christopher. <laughs> but, yeah, Brighton definitely have had our number in recent years. We've not beaten them since 2017, which actually when both of us were actually in the championship. Yeah. In the eight meetings since then, we've lost four of them and drawn the other four. So again, the, the 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 idea of getting a win away at Brighton mm. next Saturday, given that record, given our form, given generally the way they've been playing, not looking good. Especially your last match against them in March, where it was probably one of the most yeah. abysmal performances and games of football I have ever had the honour of watching. Yeah, that was the, the three 0 in March that should have been. 10. What I mean is it it should have been the end of Steve Bruce's reign and had we actually an owner with any sort of (laughs) dignity or care (laughs) or ambition toward the club, he would have fired Steve Bruce in a heartbeat after that because, as you said, it was honestly one of the worst performances from Newcastle. I can remember. Mm. We absolutely rolled over. And this was Brighton who at the time, weren't having like an amazing season like they've been having now. This was a Brighton that were there for the taking. And we went there and we were 
genuinely shameful how yeah, bad we were. Now, obviously, first and foremost, I very much hope that we at least do better than that. But we're going to have to do a damn side better if we're going to even have a hope of getting a point, let alone a win. Yeah. So I have to say, listeners, I'm, I'm, I mean, well, we already, we always knew that we were going to lose to Chelsea, but I have to say, I'm not looking forward to this match either. I'm going to say two 0 to Brighton. Yeah, I think our best bet is if we can bring someone in. I mean, even if we do at this point, whether it's Emery or whoever it is, they're going to have no time to actually work on the team. So at best, we can only hope for a a new manager bounce, and that's if someone even comes in. Yeah, and even if you get a new manager, yeah, you might have that bounce. It's still going to take them months to get the team how they want it, because every manager obviously manages in a slightly different way. And my concern is, you're leaving this far too late now. You're going to need someone to, to give Newcastle a kick up the arse, because... It's getting already precarious. Yeah. Uh, well, wh- whoever comes in is going to have a hell of a rebuild job on their hands. And basically what they need what they, they need to do, and it, this is not going to be easy for any manager, even, even a, a really good one, what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to make sure that we are still, at the very least, in touch with everyone come the January transfer window mm-hmm. when we can hopefully inject some more talent into the team. But that's still a huge ask because honestly, the way things are going, as you say, because it takes time for new coach to implement their ideas and and it can often, if they don't have, if you don't get lucky and have this sort of immediate manager bounce where you suddenly improve, it, it takes time and, and it could take us a while to still start picking up the points and then we might not be in touch come January, but we might be, you know, 10 points adrift by then or or worse. And at that point, even a bit of a cash injection and and some new signings in January, you're still really, really going to be up against it. So it's absolutely imperative that, and we we actually said this every week, basically since the start of the season, it's imperative that we start getting more points on the board. And as I say, I'm not too confident it's going to happen against Brighton, but we'll have to wait and see. We live in hope. (laughs) <laughs> it's actually on the telly this week so we will actually be able to watch it so there's that oh my god I'm so looking forward to it I look forward Woo! to turning it off and discuss yeah. after 15 minutes yeah um, <laughs> this is, I, I have a current bet with myself this is not going to be awesome <laughs> in fact it's a 50-50 chance in my mind whether it's going to be turned off the 40th minute because he will not be able to bring himself to watch the final five or the first half never mind the second half or the 70th <laughs> It's one or two. <laughs> I guess we'll find out on Saturday. <laughs> In the meantime, if you could be, please give the podcast a like and subscribe and leave us a positive review. That would be absolutely fantastic. Until next time, this has been Magpies Unrestricted and I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks, Cara. No problem, Mel. And thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.